Hello and welcome to the Alternative Cinema Podcast, episode number 50. My name is Michael Rosso, and today I'm in the studio with Desiree, the star of the newly released Phantom of the Grindhouse. Desiree has been a guest on the show in the past for those folks out there that have been listening, and she's back to chit-chat about modeling and her roles in some low-budget independent feature films. Today, we're celebrating the launch of the new Alternative Cinema website. So if you are listening on iTunes, please do click over to AlternativeCinema.com to see the brand new website. We've been chatting about it for many, many months. It's finally here. I have a bunch of things piled up in the studio that you're going to hear in future episodes, including your listener letters, an interview with Roger Corman, and lots of other fun stuff. In the meantime, please do send us an email. That's podcast at alternativecinema.com. That's podcast at alternativecinema.com. We'll be right back. This program is brought to you by Alternative Cinema, your online source for independent DVDs and video dedicated to the enjoyment of independent and underground movies that range from the brilliant to the bizarre and everything in between. AlternativeCinema.com Hey, we're back, and I'm sitting here with Desiree. Hi. Hi. I think this is the <laughs> third time that we've shot. We just finished up a uh, photography shoot. Yes. We brought a box full of different outfits. I got a lot of clothes. A lot of clothes. I've got an entire room in my apartment that's strictly a wardrobe. Yep. <laughs> I had mentioned to Desiree that I love to shoot uh, models over a course of years. What would you call that? You call that um, like an album, so to speak. So I shot you first probably back in 2009. That sounds about right. It does. Oh, wow. And then I think it was like twenty late 2010, maybe. Mm-hmm. And here we are. We might have even done a couple little ones in between that time. I think we did a couple shoots like the first year that we were working together. Yes. Just by any time if you had same sort of scenario, if you had a camera you wanted to test. I remember we did a yep. couple different like Polaroid shoots and things like that. We'd done one in the cemetery. Yep. Yes, we did. Yeah. And one time you brought your band Monday yes. Night Bear Claw over. Exactly. And we did all three of you. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't know, I collect and shoot with vintage cameras. So that usually is the uh, s- the step off, so to speak, for the, the re- like I come up with a shoot like, oh, my God, I have all these cameras. Every few months, I'll be like, oh, my God, I have to start putting some shoots together with models because I need subject matter mm-hmm. to shoot to test all of these different cameras. Mm-hmm. And that's why I initially contacted you, which was on Model Mayhem. Right. Yes. I contacted Des. I contacted Desiree on Model Mayhem probably back in '09. I was looking for someone local at the time. You were in either Bloomingdale or Butler. Bloomingdale, yeah, and very close. You're still on Model Mayhem. I am still on Model Mayhem in the sense that my profile is still up. Um, I've not been very active on Model Mayhem for the first year or so. I would check it very regularly, and I did actually work with a couple different photographers and had a couple good opportunities with that. But it started to move more in the direction of uh, a fetish. You know, a lot of the people that were contacting me were wanting to do uh, video shoots or photo shoots, um, a lot of bondage, primarily a lot of feet. (laughs) 
I'm not really sure what what the feet um, thing came from. I I mean, I assume that they probably just are able to find a lot of models who will do foot fetish videos or foot fetish photographies because your face doesn't have to be involved and neither does your body even for the most part. I've I've yet to uh, have my feet photographed for a fetish website. So I've I've had a tendency to stay away from model mayhem (laughs) for... Uh, it's probably about the last year. I, I have checked it very infrequently. I would like to go back to it, but I, I suppose the combination of the, the foot guy, who the foot guy stands for every foot guy and every fetish shoot guy. After that, I, I just in combination with a, a demanding schedule, I just kind of let it fall by the right. wayside. But. But there's been some photography over the years with in conjunction with a band. Yes. Like I saw on Facebook the band in the bathtub wearing bikinis. Yes. So there have been a few other shoots. Yes, that was actually um, the photographer who shot us in, in my, that was my apartment in Bloomingdale. She was a guitar player who I worked with in a band called Kalantora. I played keyboard in, a, in this like all chick rock band for a couple months and she played guitar and that was how I met her. Obviously, I had told her about Monday Night Bear Claw at the time and uh, she, she had mentioned that she was a photographer and she knew that we were just starting out and this was years ago and she offered to, you know, come by and, and take some photos and the schedules worked out and the girls were into it so we, we put it together. But that's where she came from. Yeah. So that was more of an organic meeting, I suppose, versus a model mayhem type <laughs> idea. Was there another shoot outside in like a warehousey type scenario? She, that was the same day that we shot in the bathroom down the street from my apartment was this i i don't know exactly what it was i mean it's it's a a building i've never been inside it's a business of some kind i don't know what they do but in their parking lot they have these box trucks like these abandoned box trucks i mean they're clearly very old all the tires are flat they haven't been moved in years and they're they're like all painted these dark greens and browns mm-hmm. and these camouflage cover colors it's really interesting like i said i didn't know anything about it but i would drive past it every day on my way home from work and it was four steps from the entrance to my apartment so uh i suggested that maybe we just go down there it was like a sunday there was nobody there i figured we would just swing by and and just see if we could get a couple shots because i always noticed it so i, I thought that the aesthetic was not necessarily relevant, but something that I wanted to work with. So sort of used that as the guinea pig for right. the chance of shooting there again. And it, we actually didn't even end up using the shots very often, but I still, I mean, I think about that location all the time. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. That was more of a like, hey, let's let's bring the band out. Let's get some band shots yes. scenario. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you get a, a email or correspondence about modeling, you really just, I guess you look at the profile and you kind of feel it out to see, okay, what what is it the photographer wants to shoot? And then you you kind of take it from there. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, or I'll ask, you know, just for the details. I I might not even necessarily check out their page until I get the details of the shoot, if I like the idea, if it's somewhere that I can get to comfortably, preferably somewhere I've been before. I've gotten a couple offers for shoots that were going to take place in the city, but... Um, I've also had people that wanted, they would say like, oh, well, you come and do the shoot and it'll be great exposure for you and we'll have a, a hairstylist and a makeup artist, but you have to pay them. And I'm like, well, Oh, not. really? Yeah. I've never heard that before. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to go all the way to Manhattan and pay somebody to do my hair and makeup. Oh, and just, see, I've never heard that before. Yeah. I got that once or twice, actually. I mean, there's a lot of TTP, trade for print. Yes. TFP. Trade for pics. Yeah. yeah. Trade for pics. Trade yeah. for for Trade for JPEG, whatever <laughs> it is now. Yeah, a lot of that. But I've never heard that someone want a, a model to come out and pay the hairstylist. Yeah. Usually that's all provided. Yeah. And you just do the work and then right. can, can get the JPEG. Yeah, I kind of assume that it, it's, it was more likely to be um, 
if someone who was asking for that was probably in business with the stylist. Gotcha. You know, they probably had a thing together like, oh, I'll do the pictures and you'll do the makeup and the mm-hmm. hair and, you know, I'll trade the pics and they'll pay you and, I don't know, a way to sort of make or generate some kind of income, you know. Right. For folks out there listening, wherever this blo- wherever this interview may appear, if it's now or if it's on, on, on an archive, uh, you could always reach me at podcast at alternativecinema.com. If you want to track down Desiree, let's switch gears and talk about. Uh, I guess I could. I guess it would be fair to say that you're a singer, actress, model in that order. That makes the most sense. Uh, that's okay with me. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's probably correct. If you were to ask of my top three passions, I suppose in in the entertainment industry, I would put singing first, acting yeah. second, modeling third. When you're not in a band, or if any of your band are. Or bands are on hiatus. Do you yourself still find things to do singing-wise? Um, I do. I've actually been working with um, a team of songwriters um, and a, a producer and engineer. To to we've been working on like commercials and little jingles and voiceover things and um, you know songs for television and and things like that. That's actually been going pretty well. I've been working with them for about a year and a half. It's not very often that you get a job. You're always competing against other songwriters and right. there's all these specifications and things like that. But we always get paid for the demos. We always get paid for our time and it's. It's a good experience and it, it sort of expands my my abilities in the way that I, I'm doing things that I've never done before and that I'm not really used to doing. And a lot of it is very jingly, very poppy. Mm-hmm. And normally I'm just saying like in rock bands or, you know, even with Monday Night Bear Claw, it was more of like this witty sort of girly, you know, fun dance band. So it's it's different to, to really be focusing more on, on pop or more mainstream, what would appeal to the masses. But um, it's good. I, I like it. It's it's interesting to have that opportunity and to also get paid for it. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's fun as yeah. well. So I, I'll do that. I also, you know, I mean, everyone that I know is a musician, yeah. and and they all are constantly writing, and they always have ideas for, you know, um, duets or or female. They have a part that they want a female vocalist. Right. So it's it's pretty often that I'll meet someone that will have the conversation about music, and they'll say like, oh, well, will you? you know, will you come to my studio or, or come to my rehearsal space and work with me on this or work with me on that? And uh, I, I tend to do that as well. I, I, I like that. I might prefer that also. Will they have material written for you? You'll show up and there'll be some lyrics written and you'll kind of jump right in? Um, it could go either way. They, if they don't already have it, then they just say like, well, this is your part and you oh, can okay. do whatever you want here. And if you need help writing, let me know. And if you don't, then you just do your own thing. Right. Um, and that's kind of nice too. Because again, it, it sort of forces you to work on something you're not used to working on or something right. that you're not necessarily comfortable with or something that you haven't yet had a hand in. And you, you tend to be a little bit more creative because you have to be. Right. And I like that. Have you ever done improv type stuff where you show up and there's n- nothing written? Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow, what's that like? Um, it's fun. It's fun, but it's it's more challenging. It's you have to be in the right frame of mind. Uh-huh. So like it's very much yes. of like a mood oriented type of thing and it also depends on what the music is and how well you're connecting with the music mm-hmm. and and how well you know the person and maybe how well you connect with them or based on what the song is about or anything like that or what what their general feelings of it are. So sometimes it's it's more of a challenge and sometimes it's it's more fun and it's nicer and you get a better you, you're happier with what you can do at mm-hmm. the end of it because it's very much in the moment and i think that sometimes things are better that way that sounds like the most fun like something where like lightning strikes and you're like oh my god right it's very spontaneous yes 
Yeah. That's the word. So, <laughs> so currently, you're, the active band you're working with is called Caught by a Lion. Mm-hmm. And this is a band that's been around for a while. We've been around for a little while. I, um, the guitar player, Seth, and I have been in bands together for years, for probably 10 years on and off. So I've, I've known him for quite some time. And we've always sort of gotten together randomly and written songs together just for fun. He had had um, a, a female-fronted band a couple years back. And their singer ended up uh, leaving. You know, she was moving to California or something. I'm not. I don't remember what the exact issue was, but he basically had asked me to fill in for a few shows because they had still had some shows booked and she had to leave. And I said, yes, of course. And then from that point, we sort of decided like, wow, we, we really miss this. And it's nice to be on stage again, you know, um, with a full band and, and with uh, heavier music. And he asked me if I wanted to make the, a band with him. And I said, yes. So I would say that that band is more active right now, just in the past two months or so. But we, yeah, we, we did starts a little over a year ago <laughs> and you've recently played out yeah we played we had a show on a saturday night actually cool. this past saturday here in new jersey here in new jersey in kenilworth at 10th street live i think it's called how'd it go central jersey it actually went pretty well um i was pleasantly surprised um i mean i always i don't like to have too high of expectations in any situation because you know i i find it easier to not be disappointed if right. i wasn't expecting you know stars um so I, I just sort of, we'd, we'd had a very limited amount of time to practice and the guitarist and drummer were still very new to the band. So I wasn't sure how it was going to go. But um, a lot of people came for us. I saw a lot of people I haven't seen for a long time and we pulled it off. It went pretty well. You know, our friends that the, you, everybody has that friend who's always going to give you their honest opinion, even if you don't want it. So yep. we had some of those friends there and they all, the, all three of them said, you should keep it going. All yeah. three of them said, like, honestly, like, you guys are better than, than I expected. Yeah. And you did better than I expected. And this, I see potential here. And I think that if this is something you're happy with, that you should move forward and keep working on it. Yeah. It's always good to have that fair, critical friend. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Got a couple of them. But it's fine. It's good. Keeps me grounded. <laughs> well, very cool. I'm going to take a quick, quick, quick break. And then we come back and talk about your filmmaking career. All right. Hey. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Mike Grasso from the Alternative Cinema Podcast, and we're here here to talk about (laughs) Planet of the Apes comic. Whoa! (laughs) This is our first ever seduction cinema comic. Wow. Drawn and created by our good pal, Noel Scotch Anderson. Noel! Hey, Noel! And it's not just a comic book, it's a comic book that comes with a DVD in it. Wow. That includes the Playmate of the Apes Apes film. With brand new commentary tracks. Wow. That's why I I even dragged John in. We actually got their director in here, Zach Snake. Whoa. Special. Heavy duty. Special. Now, this is the gateway for kids to get into booby movies. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Using comic books. AlternativeCinema.com. Taking off, folks. AlternativeCinema.com. KillerReviews.com. That's right, KillerReviews.com. Greg Dumont, you know, our pal, Greg. KillerReviews.com and the Killer Reviews Podcast. That's right. Fans of the AC Podcast will love the Killer Reviews Podcast. KillerReviews.com. Reviews, blogs, a forum, Film Finder, the KR Store, Girls of Horror, the Graveyard Interview, Articles, Horror Arcade. Should I go on and on and on? If you like cult movies, spooky horror, or girls in bikinis, KillerReviews.com. The podcast, the site, be there. 
KillerReviews.com. Check it out. Hey, we're back. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Low Budget Filmmaking has been following you. Following you in the sense that you got involved with it yes. a few years ago, mm-hmm. but every once in a while, like, the phone rings. Yes, that's pretty much exactly how it goes. I don't really, I, I did uh, spend some time a couple years back auditioning for movies and kind of trying to branch out and, and uh, working with new directors. And I still enjoy doing that as much as I can, but I've also, I've also kind of, you know, taken a little bit of a time out on that as well because of jobs and, you know, working and, and not having the time necessarily and, and being nervous about committing to something with someone new that I couldn't hold up to. But... I, I did get contacted recently by Chris Siever, yep. who I've worked with before, Low Budget Pictures. For I think the first time we, we worked together was it, oh, maybe 2004, 2005. Oh, that's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. so I've, I've worked with him for years and, and done a, I think this most recent film we did was probably my sixth with him. Right. But he did, he contacted me and uh, told me about Phantom of the Grindhouse. Right. This new movie that he was working on and asked if I would be interested and I absolutely was. I think he's great and I think he's hilarious and it had been two years since I did a movie and uh, I really liked the idea and I was really happy, you know, to right. be invited to be a part of it. And so I agreed. And then shortly after I found out that you were going to be putting it out. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So that now is my first Amazing. movie with you. Yeah. You know, in sort of a yeah. an indirect kind of interesting way. For folks listening, we're talking about movies. Um, we're talking about direct-to-video movies. Yes. Just so people, because mm-hmm. people listening may be like, well, is it going to theater? Right. What kind of movie <laughs> is this? They're uh, direct-to-video, ultra-low-budget usually in the horror genre. Mm-hmm. Because previously, before this Phantom of the Grindhouse, you were in Zombie Babies. Yes. Which just recently came out. But Did right. you ever get a copy? Uh, I never got an official copy. I need to send you an official copy. <laughs> I got... Actually, a fan had, met, had contacted me and Is said right? how much he liked the movie. And I was like, oh, that's funny. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. And so he was like, oh, I'll make you a copy and I'll send it to you. So... Um, he he sent me a copy of his version, which I still think had, wasn't the final right. version. So all that I've seen is is the um, I don't want to say bootleg right. version, but the non-final. Right. Yeah. Okay. The world of ultra low budget filmmaking, the world is so small that uh, the company that I own, which is called Alternative Cinema, if a, a movie's being made, and I mean, let's be realistic here, in a backyard. Right. Yeah. It's by mm-hmm. small little tight knit. Crew usually very enthusiastic, very into horror. Uh, if that's the case and it gets made, most more likely than not is going to make its way across one of the desks in my office. Uh, that because there are not too many companies that, anymore right. that really deal with direct-to-video. I mean, I'm not even talking... You know, people watch cable TV and they'll watch like Sci-Fi Channel and be like, well, man, you see those really <laughs> crappy movies? I mean, those are like, you know, multi-million dollar movies. Yep. We're talking much lower budget than that. Much, much, much yeah. lower budget than that. So the worlds all kind of come together, and that's why I think it's kind of cool. It's like, you know, I did not know when my company was involved with Phantom of the, the Grindhouse, Chris Seaver's movie, that you were one of the stars. Right. Then when I found out, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. I'm so glad I'm producing this. Yes. This is so awesome. I was very excited. Yeah. Yeah, I think we both didn't know. I think we both agreed to it before we knew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you sing in it. I do. 
A little bit. It is. Um, would you consider it a horror musical? What is it? I would consider it. Um, yeah, you know, a, a, a little. I wouldn't say musical only because when you think of musical, it's like every three seconds. I mean, everything yeah. is sung. It's certainly not like that. Um, it's it has a heavy focus on music. Okay. I, I think that's probably the best way to say it. It's a horror comedy, you know, with a focus on music. And you had to drive up to New York State to star in this movie. Yes, uh, Rochester. And you brought Kate from Monday Night Bear Claw. And yes, I brought Kate from Monday Night Bear Claw, who also has a part in the film. She plays Jolene, who right. is like my my friend in the movie, my little sidekick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it you show up and, I mean, we talked about improv a little while ago. Was it you show up and some lyrics are written and you have to make it work? Or was the music pre-recorded and you knew what the music was going to be? We just kind of showed up and the lyrics were already written. And then you just throw it together. You just make it work. It's sort of okay. the improv thing that you mentioned earlier. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. And how did it work? Um, it worked out pretty well. I mean, I, I thought it was great. I had a great time, and, and I, I appreciated the fact that I could just, you know, show up and uh, see what his idea was and just say, like, all right, well, how about this? And la, 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 la. And does it work? Let's do it. Right. Um, I appreciate that. I think that in some ways that ends up saving a lot of time and it again is is it it makes it more it's a little closer to your heart you know obviously we're we're all in this because of how much we love it yeah <laughs> you do do it for fun absolutely the, the, the acting absolutely it's a blast it's it's awesome i love it even when it's stressful and you hate it you love it and the last time you were here actually sitting exactly where you are now you were talking about zombie babies and you said mm-hmm. this zombie babies folks that's right you heard that correctly mm-hmm. And you said the same thing. You're like, oh, my God, it was a blast. Yeah, it was so much fun. And that was like a whole different crew, different filmmaker. Mm -hmm. The genre is fun, and I think that you have the right attitude about it. Thank you. You you go and you do the best job you possibly can. Absolutely. And understand that it's tongue-in-cheek. Of course. Yeah. Which is very much – I mean, that's what my personality is like, I think. You know, so it's it's conducive to to who I am as a person. It just kind of – it's just, it's almost like an extension of myself. Like all my characters in these movies is always seems to just be an extension of myself yeah. <laughs> in some yeah. kind of way. I'm guessing, and I'm, I'm almost 100% positive, I'm correct. You're going to keep pursuing music, movies, mo- like whatever comes your way. If yes. You, if, if you get a sense that, hey, I really want to try this, yes. you're going to do it. Absolutely. Without question. Totally awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Totally awesome. <laughs> So. I hope I keep getting opportunities. That's the important part. Where's the, be- where's the best place for people if someone listening to this wants to just get in touch with you? Like you said, you said a fan contacted you and said, yeah. hey, did you see zombie? Like how does a fan get in touch with he you? He contacted me on Facebook. I also, I mean, you know, I, everything, I operate under Desiree Seisha for every social networking, okay. you Spell know. That? Uh, D-E-S-I-R-E-E, first name, last name, S-A-E-T-I-A. And that's also my email address. So Desiree Seisha at Gmail just goes directly to me as well. Right, easy. Yeah. Wow. But uh, if you were to Google me, I'm sure that you could find a multitude of ways to yes. stalk me and track me down. That's right. Also, <laughs> if you Google Monday Night Bear Claw, mm-hmm. I think uh, a MySpace page pops up where the music actually is available yes. to listen to. We do still have a MySpace page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We also have a Facebook page. It should come up as well. Yeah. Uh, and we have music on that also. That's very cool. Did I, did I leave anything out? I don't think so. I don't think so. You're pretty well, thorough. Totally awesome, <laughs> and I am looking forward to the next time we're sitting here, hopefully not too far away. As am I. Agreed completely. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.
been thinking we should cut out all the drinking and the fatty stuff. And maybe exercising is a good idea, cause baby, we don't get enough. Girl, it would be so wrong if we don't live for long. Well, I could wear too many coats, and maybe you could wear a blanket on your knees. Baby, we don't get enough Let's get on 